You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On today's show, as it is starting to ramp up towards the regular season, I thought I would give some predictions on a couple of different things, you know, who might emerge out of the Eastern Conference, who I expect to win out in each of these divisions, which teams I think might actually be strong competitors, and which teams I feel like have fallen a bit short of either expectations or or at a competitive level where I really believe they're more than just folks who show up for the playoffs and then get eliminated, right? You're looking for real contenders, and this year is going to be hard to predict. We've talked a little bit about the Central Division, but we'll kind of recap that at the start here. I think the Central is probably one of the easiest divisions in terms of which teams are essentially way at the top and which teams are probably not quite at the summit, right? Because there's only one real division favorite, and that's going to be the Colorado Avalanche. The Avs are built uh, young and deep. This is a team that has really good prime age talent mixed in with some really good rookies, some guys who are probably just out of their rookie years, and then you've got a, a number of established veterans. Nathan McKinnon is amazing. You've got Nazem Kadri, plenty of other great players. But I think for Colorado, the biggest question for them is if they can kind of get past some of the issues that they had against a team like Vegas, right? The Avs are, are a squad that are built for a lot of fun end-to-end hockey, but if they start to spend any sort of like sustained zone time inside their own DZ, it gets a little bit messy, right? This team is not really built to defend for long stretches in their own zone. This is a squad that basically needs to get up the ice as quickly as possible because their blue liners aren't really the kind that sit deep and block a lot of shooting and passing lanes. If they can kind of grow and work around this sort of stuff, I think they're going to be a much stronger opponent this year, and I quite honestly think that they're going to win both the conference and the division pretty easily. This is a team that has the firepower to go toe-to-toe with most of the really big squads out there. I feel like they're one of the only teams that I would be a little bit comfortable pitting them against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I I think they would still end up losing in the long run, but this is a squad that might be one of the few teams I would say has the firepower to match what Tampa Bay can put out. Defensively, though, I I still think the Lightning are a lot more capable, and it's not like the Lightning's defense is particularly stout. It's just that they have a Vezina-caliber goalie, they have a couple of really good active puck-moving D, and honestly, I just feel like they're more capable of sitting inside their own defensive zone and not feeling the pressure as intensely. They are capable, they've been through this before, this is a team with a lot of veteran experience. But we'll talk about Tampa Bay a little bit later, and whether or not I think they can actually repeat as cup contenders. For the rest of the Central, though, I think there's only a couple of teams that I really think will push any pressure on the top of the uh, t- the top of the cream of the crop, right? I mean, it's going to be like Winnipeg, which I think could be a solid team, and then probably Minnesota. It's not that the rest of the teams are particularly bad. I, I would say Nashville might be a surprise 
runner-up for like a wild-card spot. Certainly, I think they have a good shot at making the postseason, and I could say the same about the Blues. I think the Blues are going to be really good too. But it's just when I think about teams that actually would compete for like a top three spot in the division, I feel like Winnipeg is a little bit better situated, partly because Hellebuck's amazing, but partly because they've been in a similar situation. Now they have a much improved defense, and if the coaching staff is actually on point about changing systems and working out some stuff tactically to make the team more aggressive, I feel like the Jets are in a pretty good spot to at least be, not not super far behind the, the Avs, but close enough to at least take one of the top two or top three spots, right? I feel like Minnesota will also be very good. They've been one of those really defensively stout teams. They're bringing back Kaprizov, but I do wonder about some of their losses. I don't know how Suter and Parise really changes their team dynamics. While both were on the older side, both did still play pretty productive roles, even if, you know, a lot of people would say, well, it's not quite what they used to be, and of course that's true, right? These guys are definitely in their late 30s um, or mid-30s in some cases, and so... You know, their level of production wasn't going to be on par with elite players, but Suter is still pretty darn good, and Parise can be an effective middle six scoring winger in the right role. So this this is going to be a, a noticeable loss for a team that, quite honestly, doesn't have a lot of scoring punch initially. But if Marco Rossi really is ready to take that next step and join the NHL, suddenly all bets are off. Rossi, for me, is one of the most exciting prospects out there. Obviously, I was hoping the Jets would get him before it ended up being Perfetti who fell to Winnipeg. So, you know, either way, you really can't go wrong. I think the Wild should be a very tough opponent this year, and I could see them definitely making the postseason, if not bare minimum, getting a wild card spot. For the rest of the division, I think it's going to be a really big dogfight for middle-of-the-pack spots and hopefully wild card shots. Dallas is a team that I have a hard time reading. I feel like they might be okay, but it's a, it's always a strange team, right? They have really good defensive structure. They're very disciplined. They know how to make the most out of a pretty limited uh, you know, offensive upside roster. But I question how much more they can get out of it, right? This is a team that kind of feels like it's hit its ceiling after they, they made the cup finals a few years ago. Maybe this is a team that can do it again. I would highly doubt it, though, with how the structure of the divisions is, is going again. So I feel like Dallas... They've probably ascended to the peak of what they can do with this current team, but we'll see if they put pressure on the rest of the pack. Arizona is obviously going to be in rebuilding stages, so I don't expect them to be particularly competitive. And then the same is probably true for Chicago, although Chicago always seems to score boatloads of goals, which is the only thing that really keeps them in a lot of games. Even with Fleury and Net, I don't really think it moves the needle enough to be worried about them, but at the bare minimum, they're going to be tougher to score against. And as always, they are a huge pain to play no matter their level of ability or who's on the roster. It just seems like Chicago, for some reason, continues to hang around, and we'll see if Jeremy Culleton actually makes them even more of an annoyance to play again this year. The Central Division is naturally only one half of the equation. In just a moment, we'll take a look at the brand new Pacific Division. Well, I say brand new, but it's really just because, you know, Seattle is there now, but we'll talk about what is a very strange division heading into 2022. I think this is probably one of the harder ones to predict in part because it's really hard to see any front-running teams outside of like Vegas, right? But we'll talk about the Pacific in just a moment. Before then though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why DirecTV should be your number one choice for all your TV needs. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. 
It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking some divisional predictions and previews. I feel like the Central Division was probably pretty clear-cut for a lot of folks, but... Where it gets a little bit murky in the Western Conference is when you start talking about the Pacific Division. Now, for those of you who have seen the Pacific over the past couple of years, you sort of understand the Pacific Division has very few teams that are really high-end. You've basically got Vegas and then everyone else. So this year, it's not going to be all that different. I think what's very interesting is now you have the Seattle Kraken, which I feel like the Kraken are going to be better than some of the lowest end of the Pacific, but I don't think they're actually going to be all that good. In trying to predict who exactly is going to emerge out of this division as a playoff contender, it's obvious that there's one clear choice at the top, which, you know, this this team will win the division, and that's, of course, Vegas. They've done it for, you know, past couple of years being the top of the division. It's not really surprising that they're this good. Below that, though, it starts to get a little bit weird. So I feel like in second place, I could envision one of Calgary or Edmonton taking that spot. Edmonton's improved by a considerable margin at forward, but on defense, they've taken a huge step back, and I feel like it's kind of going to balance itself out. I don't really feel like Edmonton's attacking unit is going to be able to, uh, you know, outweigh whatever the defense does, because I mean, that that blue line is kind of a disaster. And Mike Smith and Nett is not exactly somebody that I would put a lot of faith in. The Flames are just super mediocre, and I feel like they fall into this category of teams where they're not necessarily the worst ever, but they're also not very good. I feel like the Flames in playoff series would have to basically ground and pound their way through, you know, Daryl Sutter style, but I don't know if they'll actually make the postseason with this kind of roster. It's a bad team, and I feel like Brad Treleving hasn't really done anything that's made me believe he's got a great plan for their future. Maybe Matthew Phillips and Mangiapane and some of the other younger players are ready to carry the offense forward, but, you know, these guys can only do so much. That team is carrying a lot of dead weight, and unfortunately, Sean Monaghan is, is one of the top pieces that, quite honestly, needs to be moved at some point. I don't really feel like his impact on the team is as great as it should be, and you quickly realize that they still lack like an elite, you know, franchise center. They've got some really good defenders. I have to say I'm a big fan of Roz Anderson and Yusuf Elamaki, but on, on offense, it's a little bit thin, right? So this team... I could see them sneaking into like the second or third spot in the division, but I feel like it's, it's going to be more because the rest of the Pacific is not so good. 
The Kraken will be fighting with both Edmonton and Calgary for one of those top three spots. I feel like they have an okay shot at grabbing maybe like the third place. I think Edmonton for me is going to be more or less a lock for spot number two. I thought that they were pretty okay last year, at least enough to sort of feed on some really bad teams, right? It's not like any of us expect any of Anaheim or um, San Jose or LA to make the playoffs. LA has like a really outside shot. Their team for me is one of the more interesting because it's a very young roster. They're bringing in some high-end elite talent from their farm, but I don't know if any of this talent is going to make an immediate impact. And some of these guys might spend more time with the rain than anything. The Ducks are just, you know, they're, they're a bottom feeder at this point. Anaheim is going to be working on building their long-term prospect pipeline out and essentially preparing for the future. But in the meantime, I think they'll have some fun games here and there. But overall, yeah, they're just not going to win a whole lot. Their long-term outlook is pretty okay, right? They've got some really great prospects. John Gibson is still very good in net. And I feel like they have some veterans who might be able to contribute down the road. But for now, it's going to be rough going. San Jose is another team that, for me, is kind of in a similar position as Anaheim. I feel like they've drafted pretty well. They've got a nice prospect pool. But unfortunately for them, their cap situation is significantly worse. They've got a lot of money tied down in big contracts, and I don't know that any of them are really worth the money. Eric Carlson is one that I would feel is probably the exception, but Carlson at this stage of his career has definitely fallen off a bit. He's trying his best and he's doing what he usually does, but it's just not at the level that he used to be, and you can kind of tell that age and injuries have started to take a bite out of him. And playing for San Jose, it's a little bit difficult to actually elevate the quality of that team, right? Eric can only do so much as one person, and I feel like that team in general is is more focused on building out a long-term future with a lot of prospects. So, uh, most of the Pacific on the Californian side, it's definitely on the downswing. They're mostly in the stages of rebuilding, which not really shocking. All three teams have mostly enjoyed playoff success over the past decade or two, so it's not super shocking that eventually, you know, time catches up to you, right? So uh, the rest of the division, I really do feel like it's going to come down to essentially Edmonton, Vegas, Calgary, and then Seattle. I don't think Vancouver's really going to be in this mix yet, but we'll see. The Canucks are one of those odd teams that... I don't really know what to think about them. I feel like they made some good moves to shed some useless salary, but then they've also got contracts on there that they can't really do anything with and that Travis Green still uses quite a lot. So, you know, Tyler Myers playing in your top four, probably not super ideal. Out of the entire Western Conference, I feel like Colorado this year will make that step and eventually defeat Vegas to move on to the uh, cup finals, but it's going to be a long battle and maybe one of these teams surprises me. I still feel like Colorado has the best odds, but you never know. We only have to wait a couple more weeks to start the journey. We're going to pause our divisional previews there and talk about the Eastern Conference tomorrow, but for uh, the remainder of this show, I thought I would preview the upcoming game that we have, a preseason game as it is for the Winnipeg Jets, coming up this Sunday against the Ottawa Senators. Before we move any further, though, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. 
Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out today's episode with some highlights and expectations for the upcoming preseason game for the Winnipeg Jets versus the Ottawa Senators this Sunday. I'm sure a lot of you are very excited to see this edition of Winnipeg. We have been waiting a very long time to see what the Jets can do. Obviously, it's been a fascinating offseason for the Jets with a lot of change, especially on the defense. At forward, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot different, but I, I do think the, the main thing for me that I want to check out is who might actually be anchoring this fourth and third lines, right? We've got Cop, Lowry, and, and some of the usual guys, um, but now we have some interesting players that could potentially filter in. Maybe Christian Veselainen. Um, I think Jeff Malott would have a very, very, very outside chance, but I would imagine David Gustafson, Jansen Harkins, maybe Mikey Isamont, a couple of other players like that might be competing for a spot or two. Dominic Toninato is certainly another option. I actually like Toninato quite a bit. I thought he was very good in the brief samples that we saw. And we'll also get to check out our fourth line center, Riley Nash. Now, I expect Nash to be on the starting lineup in the actual regular season. And I'm actually pretty okay with that. I think Nash would be a really good option for the Jets. I think his defensive work, especially shorthanded and at even strength, would make him a really good fit for what the Jets tend to like in their fourth line centers. If you're going to have a veteran player like him, I don't mind it because he's actually good. He will need support on the wings, though, and I could see Harkins taking maybe the left wing spot. On the right, though, I I feel like it's anybody's spot, and it could be a couple of options. Looking at the lineup, I'm not really sure if I want Veselainen playing that role. I would probably prefer him to be on the third line instead. And, of course, some of these guys I do want to save for the, the Manitoba Moose to make them competitive, but... You know, I feel like Veselainen could be an option on the third line, maybe in a scoring role alongside Kopp and Lowry. On the fourth line, maybe Christian Reichel or Toninato takes that spot. I would actually prefer Toninato because I feel like Dominic is is at least a semi-experienced NHLer, and Reichel seems to be very productive at the AHL level. That said, I'd like to see what Reichel can do in preseason, because every time he's come out, I felt like he's actually pretty impressive. He's got a lot of skill, he's very mobile, he's got good vision, good passing, a solid shot, and I feel like he could actually suit the NHL if he gets a chance to uh, prove himself. So against Ottawa, I'd be looking at him. I'd also be looking at what Cole Perfetti does. Perfetti should get some minutes somewhere. I feel like Cole has proven that he is very close to being NHL-ready. His game has improved over leaps and bounds in the span of one season at the AHL level, so I'm very excited to see what he can do. I don't think he'll actually play on Sunday, but maybe he follows up in a subsequent game. We've also got a couple of D we'll be seeing. Um, I'm very excited to see one of Brendan Dillon or maybe even Nate Schmidt step into the lineup. Both of these guys are going to be newcomers and want to hit the ground running, so I'm excited to see them. Maybe we'll also see a little bit of Declan Chisholm, who I thought looked very active, very mobile, and very skilled at the AHL level. You know, the first couple of games for him were rough with the Moose, but over time, he really rounded out into a pro player, and it seems like he has that kind of two-way puck-moving ability, good transition skating, and a nice little shot that would make him a nice quality second or third-pairing defender. Sandberg is also going to want to prove himself because he's going to be looking for a long-term 
roll with this club, and I feel like this is a good shot for him to prove that at the AHL level, maybe he was a little bit okay, but maybe against NHLers, he can up his level and, and show that he deserves a long-term role with the Jets, maybe competing with Logan Stanley or Vili Heinola. I do want Heinola to kind of take the spot overall, but for now, you know, Sandberg, a little bit more competition, ain't so bad. In net, I'm kind of curious to know if Comrie has improved at all. I feel like Eric at this stage of his career is probably what he is. And that's not always the worst thing. I just feel like he's maybe a little bit more modest than I was hoping. And it's clear that he will feel pressure from Mikhail Berdine coming in uh, as a potential backup option. Berdine is a little bit more raw for me. And like as much as Comrie struggles, I feel like Berdine might not be ready for NHL shooters either. But this will be a good chance to find out if he comes on. I'd be very excited to see him. I, I thought Hellebuck might get the start on Sunday, but we'll see if they do one goalie per period, as some teams tend to do. I'm very excited to finally have hockey back. It'll be cool to see the new version of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm hoping that they're hungry, more aggressive, faster, all that good stuff. And I'd love to hear what you're excited about once the Jets take the ice. Let me know what you're looking forward to at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that will do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts, Locked on Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!